Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Kurt Thomas to my Lee Nalen. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? That's a pull. I just think about TCU getting wrecked in the yeah. championship game and uh, making a whole lot of people around here who became diehard TCU fans this week. Yeah, they got their um, shirts at Walmart two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, Can we... <laughs> There's some people down I know. For one second here. Yeah, yeah, there's some uh, people I know that were wearing a TCU shirt. I'm like, I know for a fact you can't afford to go there. So yeah, you don't know a rip about about uh, TCU. This this is the thing that that's about me. Um, I can understand. I can I can. We are both Texas Tech fans. Tobin actually went to Texas Tech. Uh, I my whole family's from Lubbock, and so I grew up as as a as a Red Raider fan, and then foolishly went to a fake college that cost me a whole lot of money. Um, I would gladly go back and change that if I could. But anyway, um, the, I think that the, like the general consensus is, especially with football is like, you kind of like, you you root for your team, obviously, but then you're like kind of rooting for the conference. I, that is noise to me. I've never, I've never been that guy either. Yeah. (laughs) I typically hate everyone in the conference more than anyone else because we play them all the time. And so um, yeah, I, it was, I was kind of torn this week. A, I didn't watch two downs of the game because by the time I got home from basketball practice, it was over. It didn't matter anymore at that point. Um, but B, I was, I was kind of torn between, <laughs> I, I would like for not Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state to win this thing. That would be nice. It would be cool to see something different, um, than the same old, same old. Um, so maybe I should root for TCU, but then also it's just kind of like, I, but I don't hate TCU. Like I hate Texas or OU or any of these, a lot of the Baylor, a lot of the other teams, but I I don't really want them to be happy either. So anyway, that's, I know that probably says quite a bit about me and, and you as well. I think, I think you're in the same boat, but, uh, I mean, I I I am, but was not, not rooting for them really. I don't think. I am, but I'm also very tired of SEC yeah, dominance. So, like, I think I was rooting for TCU, but like, if you like two weeks, two or three weeks before the playoffs, I was like, yeah, let's go TCU. Like, cause I, mm-hmm. I think it's good to see somebody from the Big 12 do well because we've kind of had this bad reputation on, in, in, um, uh-huh. and it's yeah. been earned. Uh, but, I didn't want SEC, and then I just started seeing all these people come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like maybe, and and you said this just now about how you are a tech fan because your family's from there. It, but in my head, and I don't know why I don't do this with you. Like I, this, this is kind of like yeah. a realization on the air. <laughs> I, I am. This is like one of those like, am I the asshole moments? Because I. I get really grumpy about T-shirt fans that didn't go to schools. Yeah, there and that and. But that's that's not fair, and it, and it's not right of me. <laughs> but you know, this last couple of weeks, it's just like like my son's school district was like, "We're purple for TCU Day." I'm like, "We're not yeah. even in Fort Worth." Like, yeah, chill out. That's like, my thing. Like, I don't care about about t-shirt fans in part because I am one. That's just the way that it it is. But I look at it the same as like, but I'm a I'm a t-shirt fan of Everton too, and of uh not the Mavs because I you know I think pro here, is different like, though. I think pro is a different set of rules. Like and that's again, this is not fair. And if you are a person that is this person like I am again, I am the person that is in the wrong. And maybe that's because I went to a Big 12 school and if I went to a smaller school and and still I probably feel it but I have not since I went to Texas Tech, I have not worn 
another colleges thing except for one time my sister got me and, <laughs> and our buddy matt to do the field goal nets for a game at the cotton bowl and i and she said you have the choice of alabama or michigan and i was like please not alabama and yeah. so i wore a michigan shirt for that that's i think i legitimately think that's the last time i wore another college's colors in logos because I don't, that's yeah i don't know my deal is like just pick one and roll with it if it if this is like like i mean my my grandparents you know neither one of them even went to college so like but they were hardcore tech fans and all this sort of stuff i don't care about any of that it's the it's the bandwagon thing for me that that drives me a little bit crazy yeah and it's like i shouldn't be that way especially with fort worth because fort worth really does like culturally i don't mean just sports culturally Fort Worth is a, is a city and something I love about the city that like really takes care of its own and grabs onto its own and supports its own, whether it's a small business or, um, you know, a school or, or whatever else Fort Worth does a great job with that. So like, I get it. It's just, it's the people who do did not watch one down of college football this year that suddenly were the world's biggest TCU fans. Those are the ones that's like, this is kind of like what we're, this is like, <laughs> this is sort of the Josh Hamilton's wife is kind of right oh, about yeah. this town and it's sports fans and stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't actively rooting against them. I would have been happy for them to win instead of Georgia, I guess. But um, I don't know why. Good, it was a good season, TCU. I mean, they, they did a great yeah, job. Did a like job. they, they, job, I mean, I love Sonny Dykes. He's a, and he's, you know, he's got some tech lineage to him sure. and sure i you know I, a few years ago we talked about how like i thought sunny Dax would have been a good hire for here or for tech and so like it, it's good the other bummer about it is too is like this is going to make them better next year and that's where the rooting for the your, your own conference part <laughs> is stupid for Comes me back to bite you because the like they've already gotten like six people from alabama to say they're going to transfer there in play there next year. And it's like, well, that that's great. Cool. Like now, now me as a tech fan knows that because they went on this awesome run. Now I'm going to pay for it next year too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. That's why I really feel like rooting for the conference has some faults to it. But again, I, I, I actually wanted them to win um, because of a lot of reasons. And, but it's it, seeing, I, I would have much rather had at least a good game. I mean, I, I turned it off after the first quarter. I mean, you could tell after the first quarter, Oh, this is not going to go well. And then I, every time I looked at the score, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's still bad. So yeah. Yep. yep. All bad. Um, all right. Enough college football talk for this year. Um, tonight we were going to go through, we were going to do buyers and sellers across the league. We we're going to do all 30 teams. Um, and then we remembered that we are bad about uh, talking too long on stuff and making episodes super duper long. And so instead, we broke it in half. So we're gonna today. What we're gonna do? We're gonna talk the Eastern Conference. We're gonna do buyers and sellers, all fifteen teams. Uh, and then next week we'll come back. Hope that no major move has happened over the next week, unless it pertains to like the Mavs trading for Giannis or something like that. Um, that would be fine. That would be okay if that interrupts our. Our plans, but that nothing else major happens, um, and we'll do the Western Conference next week. So this week, just doing buyers and sellers Eastern Conference. Next week, buyers and sellers Western Conference. So uh, without further ado, let's let's do it. That's all we're doing tonight. Let's get into it. Buyers and sellers. Buyers and sellers. All right, Brian. So we are going to go through every team, starting with the East Conference. And I, I guess I should ask you this off of the air, but do you want to? Should we start from the bottom of the conference or the top? Like. I have them in order uh, based off the NBA standings as of yeah. this morning. 
Okay. What well, do you think? In keeping with that that uh, clip that we just played from a great movie, Accepted, um, <laughs> I'll quote Accepted and say, go with what you feel. So all right. Let's you start. Go, go where your heart takes I'm going to go with the OCD in me, which is top to bottom. So, <laughs> all right. Let's start with the number one. Again, these are records from this morning. We'll start with this, the Boston Celtics, who are 29 and 12. They're number one in the East. Um, each team, I kind of had a, I, I call it a deals they might want to dump. Um, assets and expiring deals. So I'll kind of run through that. And then I want you just to give me a quick, what do you think? And assets is a very loose term. Most of the time it was just for me, it was just picks and maybe some young players that might be considered. Because like, you know, Kevin Love's contract could be considered an asset for somebody who wants to get off money. So like, I, that's a very loose term. That I, but some from, like I said, in this case, it's typically picks or maybe young players that somebody might see as, as a value. So the Celtics, I don't think they have any deals that they want to dump necessarily uh they do have some extra second round picks and grant williams is you know small contract maybe but uh, they're not gonna get rid of him he's also an expiring he's the only expiring deal on the team brian are the celtics going to be buyers or sellers are they going to stay the course i would be surprised if they did a big obviously they're not sellers uh i would be surprised if they did a big deal i think there's probably like a small move to be made um, just sort of down the roster, shore up that spot that that they lost Gallinari in, you know, um, something like that. Like some some little, uh, let's say a 10th man kind of addition. A um, couple of second round picks for, you know, player X that will like, hey, he'll have a moment or two. He'll, he'll certainly help us like close this out to get to the one seed uh, in, in the East, but maybe we don't. Super expect him to give us a whole bunch in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't I don't see any reason for them to rock the boat other than maybe bringing in somebody that can help fortify the bench a little bit more. So yeah, great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Okay, the Brooklyn Nets they are twenty seven and thirteen uh, deals that they might want to dump. I put Kyrie. Um, I don't think they can now because of how you know they 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 really have made a deal with the devil in, in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> I put uh, Seth Curry as well. Um, he is their only expiring deal. A couple of assets. They have the 2023 first-round pick that's either going to be Houston or Phillies, depending on uh, protections. And then maybe Cam Thomas. I don't know. Maybe somebody wants to take a flyer on that. They're probably not going to be sellers, but are they buyers, or do you think that they stand pat? Or do you think they surprise people and maybe sell a contract that they want to get rid of? I think that they're actually a pretty interesting one because now that KD's out for a month, we may have cursed that him on that one. That might be on us. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry, we forgot Harry. to talk about Jason Tatum just now. Dang it. Okay. Well. Oh, what happened with Tatum? <clears throat> oh, I just just went on. You know, maybe we can. You can. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll save. The, we'll save the curse for later. I don't want to make Brad angry. Um, I got to play Brad in pickleball on Friday. I don't want him to hit the ball at me anymore. Um. Cause it hurts Brad. Um, the, I mean, they're in an interesting spot cause they've obviously they've made this huge run. We talked about it last week. They won 12 in a row or whatever. And then immediately there, you know, there he goes, he's injured. Um, and he's going to miss a month. And now they were already a team that is so two headed, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's really is Durant Kyrie. Everybody else is like, we're just kind of picking up the scraps. They've had some really great play from Claxton and, and some of the shooters and stuff, and and they're like deep bench, but um, it is very hard for me to see a team that is, 
I mean, look, it's possible that they can that they can stay afloat. They've now put themselves now they're in second. They put themselves in a good position to where you know you could it, let's say he misses what what's what's a month fifteen games something like that. Like yeah. if you come out of that at nine and six or something in that in that stretch or uh, somewhere in that range, then you can probably bet on being cool once he comes back. Like you can salvage it and be okay. Um, but if things you know, if things don't go great pretty quickly, I don't know. I could see them. They don't have a whole lot of assets that are tradable uh, unless a team is really interested in, in Ben Simmons, which I can't imagine is, is the case. But they feel like a team now that Durant got hurt. That's like I like pre Durant injury. I would have said they're a team that's going to just be shopping for uh, a, a backup big because they're really thin up front and it's like Nick Claxton and nobody else. So maybe they just, hey, we just need to, we just need to find like a solid backup big. We'll be good. Now I, I kind of feel like they're a little bit of a sneaky buyer of, all right, let's, we don't know what's going to happen with this Kyrie contract situation thing. So why don't we try to really put all the chips on the table and go for the, the move that's going to make us make us like real championship favorites, you know, if not just contenders. Yeah. I think that that's a, that's a good point. I think that they have a chance to do some things and, and they, they have that weird situation kind of like to, to a much more intense situation than we do, but of if they can't get the extension done, like, do they want to risk losing, you know, Kyrie at the end of the season? So I, it's there's a couple of things that could happen. I don't anticipate anything happening other than maybe them getting off of a couple of veterans to get more, you know, things that fit them better. Because, like, like, Harris and Curry are both kind of struggling this year, and they're both to the exact same thing, it seems like, at this point. So mm-hmm. maybe they mm-hmm. find a way to move one of them for something that fits them better. I don't know. Uh, okay, the Bucks. <clears throat> they don't really have anything. Deals to dump. They, don't, they have a couple extra second-round picks. Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, and uh, George Hill are all on expiring deals. Are they buyers or sellers? I think they're, um, A, they don't have a lot of assets, which hurts the thing. But, like, I actually think they probably need to be buyers. Uh, they're 17-14 and 14 since that start. They're, like, 9-0 and 0 to start the season. Now, 17-14, seems like there's some frustration there as well. Uh, even with Giannis, seems like he's he's kind of frustrated with the way things are going. Middleton basically hasn't played all season, um, and they didn't. I, I really liked the Ingles signing, and I think now that he's back, you're starting to see like some of the the benefit of having a guy mm-hmm. like that, yeah. on the team. But they didn't really do just a whole lot in the off season, um, and I'm not sure that that B champ is is ready yet to. Uh, certainly not already. I, I would say for for like playoff minutes and stuff. Um, so yeah, like I kind of think I've been coasting with the Bucks for most of the last two seasons post that title of just like I I've seen it work. I know what's going to happen eventually, and they're going to turn it on and they're going to be really good. And if Middleton was playing last year, I I still feel really confident that they would have been in the finals, if not the the champion. And but like there's been enough over the last these last two seasons to suggest that it probably is time to, that they need to go get something to add to, to the cupboard a little bit. So I saw somebody throw out Kuzma for a whole bunch of seconds. Um, and if that can get it done, I, I'd say you should absolutely do that. I think you should take a chance yeah. on that kind of, of, of a trade. I'm not sure that that gets it done. They don't really have extra first to trade, but yeah, I think they probably need 
some kind of reinforcements to, to, to push them um, into the spot that I, I feel like they should be in. Well, and that's the problem is that they literally don't have a number one to trade until 2029. 2028 yeah. is the next pick that they can make with that's not protected somewhere or that they haven't lost already. And so unless you're convincing someone to take uh, unless you're convinced someone to take, yeah, that you're going to take on money of like, I mean, Kuzma's not really a whole lot of money, but taking on money or, you know, the, the problem is like that your expiring deals are people that you need on your team, so you can't really do that either. Um, in short of flipping Middleton for something which they're not going to do, they just don't have a lot of a lot of flexibility, and so it really is going to have to be some sort of like. I, like I said, Kuzma, like you said, Kuzma or Miracle Deal to help them out. So they they need to be buyers, but I have a feeling they'll stay put. I, I don't think they'll do anything because I don't. I'm not really sure they can. So um, that's going to be my answer. All right, the Philadelphia 76ers. As of this morning, they are 25 and 15. They, which I'm sure, would love to dump Tobias Harris's deal. <laughs> don't think it's happening. Uh, they don't really have any assets it, it, unless you consider Shake Milton's expiring you know, 1.8 million dollar deal. You know, an asset. Uh, their other expiring deals are Thibel and Neong. And so, the 76ers, do they buy? Do they sell? Do they stay put? What do you think? I think they're going to end up staying put. I'm not sure that that's the right call. I just, I don't like the position they're in. To, to, I've, I've liked a lot of the little moves that they've made around the edges. Like the, the Anthony Melton trade has paid off really well this year. And I love that at the time. Uh, and you know, I like the PJ Tucker deal. Um, George Niang, like that's a really smart low cost signing kind of thing. Um, I just don't see, I don't see what the move is for them, even kind of around the margins. I'm just not sure what, what kind of, I know Maury would probably like to make a move and get something in there. I'm just not really, at this point, I'm not really confident that I see like, yeah, here's what you could do. Here's how you could improve this a little bit um, in terms of anything like actual. I just think this probably is probably just kind of what they're they're stuck with for for the. And by the way, what they're stuck with is a good team. They're yeah, you know, they've had a very good season. I just think they're they're kind of in a stand pat. They might be with like. They might be the type of team now that like we don't we don't last year there were almost no buyouts buyouts don't happen just a whole bunch anymore but this is to me this is the kind of team that that even 5 years ago 3 years ago maybe we would say they're a buyout team like and and maybe what I mean by that is like yeah if something presents itself as far as a small margins move then sure you should always be looking for that kind of thing but I don't see I don't see anything else happening there yeah, the only thing they could do is completely shake up, like if if they decide to call Harden's bluff that he's going to Houston in a, in a couple of years, and and even then, I just that's just that wouldn't make sense for them. Or you know, well they they won't get anything the return. I think they need to be contending uh, mm-hmm. without him either. So yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna stay put. Uh, and very interesting team that seems to be coming up more and more in rumors these last couple of days. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they are 26 and 16 as of this morning. Uh, I have down that deals they might want to dump as Lavert, uh, Love, and Rubio. That seems pretty obvious. Um, they, have a, they have a lot of extra second round picks right now. They clearly don't have any first because of the Mitchell deal. <laughs> uh, their expiring deals are Kevin Love, Karis Lavert, Robin Lopez, and Raul Neto. Um, buy, sell, stay put. What do you think? Um, 
there's been so much smoke with them that I have to believe that there's some fire there. They, they, we've said many times, I think their wing rotation is, is the worst in the league for, for good teams. Uh, it, it, they're, they're in a real bad way on the, and they, they seem to have seen that come to like noticed that recently. Um, their guards are great and their bigs are great and that's really cool. Um, but they're, they're really struggling with in the wing spot with, with Okoro and, and, um, and Chetty Osman and, and all this, by the way, Okoro is down to 28% from three. Oof, it's not good. Um, Levert's the interesting thing there. Like it's, I feel a little bit with Levert the way that I feel, uh, with, with, uh, Hardaway with the Mavs. It's like, he's a very, I, I get that he's kind of a, fr- you, he's a frustrating player and you think, man, I'd like to upgrade this. And then also he, he provides some stuff that's going to be hard to, to replicate and replace. There's certainly no one else on the roster. I don't think that could step in and do what he does, but he probably that also doesn't have enough trade value to like bring back something. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're just kind of, you're in a spot where it wouldn't surprise me to see them move Levert if they did, I would look at that more as they don't want, because he's a free agent. They don't want to continue to pay. Mm-hmm. They don't want to pay him 20 million or 22 million a year or whatever he's going to end up getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I, I mean, Levert's not a, uh, an enjoyable player to play with. I think, <laughs> I think that's the vibe that I've picked up on over the last few years. I mean, he's, he's kind of a, it's time to get mine kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that, that that jives well. So, But I don't know what he brings you in return. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they could move him out and, and get two worse wings, you know, in his place. Mm-hmm. But, like, two guys who maybe fit a role a little bit better or something. But I, I don't know. And then Love's interesting, too, because he really brings a lot to that team. But also, that's a huge contract that you could conceivably do something with, whatever that something is yeah. going to look like. And it's gone after this season. I, mean, I don't know what he's going to make next year, but even if he re-signs with them, it's obviously going to be significantly less mm-hmm. than that number. And so it's 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 a little bit of, if you're going to utilize this, if you're going to utilize him as an asset, if he's worth more to you as an asset than as a player and a locker room guy, then you know, you really don't have much choice but to to do it now rather than because it's over after this. I think they need to be buyers for sure. And the most sense to me is them combining Love and Levert to take on somebody's money, but then getting a nice piece in return. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like. And I I could see them getting in on the on the Raptors stuff, like if the Raptors are trying to shed money. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, they would love to have in and over. Oh yeah. I don't think they have what it takes. Teams are like sticking their hands up. Yeah. If this was like a situation where they snuck in before the world figured out that the Raptors needed to get rid of their whole team, that's one thing, but Mm -hmm. you know, it would be kind of the equivalent of this isn't the case, but like if Westbrook's deal had one more year on it, like Mm -hmm. they could use love and Levert and get Westbrook and then like maybe another piece to, help them out but there's just i don't know what, what's out there that way but that's that's the only conceivable thing i think that they could do without it being a lateral move or making their team worse but they, they need to do something because right now they're kind of fluttering in like no man's land of the middle of the east um but also they don't have to be good they don't have to win it this year i don't think anybody was expecting don mitchell mitchell to come in and make them immediate contenders with mm-hmm. boston mm-hmm. and uh milwaukee on the rise still so 
but it wouldn't hurt for them to take advantage of the fact that they that you know Milwaukee's kind of floundering, then KD's hurt. Um, I mean, really, the Celtics is the only team that seems to be holding steady, mm-hmm. and if they can take advantage and kind of jump up to that two three seed, then it, it'll benefit them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pacers, man, were we wrong about the Pacers <laughs> um, <clears throat> for a lot of reasons, but they're twenty three and eighteen as of this morning. They have a ton of deals I'm sure they would want to get rid of. They also have uh, the the 2023 first from Cleveland and or uh, Cleveland or Boston. Cle- so I think it's Cleveland and Boston, I think. So they have two extra firsts this year. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of extra seconds. And the only expiring deal on their team that's not a vet minimum is Miles Turner, who has apparently turned down a contract extension because they've apparently offered him one. So mm-hmm. I... I don't know, man. What do you think? I'm I'm at I'm stumped <laughs> by them by you know for a lot of reasons. But what do you think about the the uh, Pacers? I think the most likely thing is just Stan Pat. Um, Turner was available for so long, and it was just such an inevitability that he was going to get traded. And now <laughs> it would be it would be kind of I don't know if funny is the right word, but a little bit ironic if. Now that it's worked out and they're like, no, 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 we love this guy. If he's like, yeah, but you've been trying to trade me for half a decade, so I'm not real interested in staying here and kind of forces the, their hand. But I do think he li- he seems to like being there. Halliburton's super fun to play with. Um, so maybe this is just they offered him 20 mil a year and he thinks that he needs to get 25 mil a year. But if they don't have an extension, then they have to trade him. You can't let... An asset yeah. like that go to to free agency. I think. I mean, maybe I'm just haunted by that, given what we yeah. saw yeah. personally last year. But you can't. I don't. I don't think you can do that. Not with a guy of his level of, of talent and what what he could probably bring back. I mean, in some ways, you want to be like, "Hey, congratulations, you did it." Because I felt like they were overvaluing him a lot for and several years. He's having years. a career year right now. So yeah, and yeah. it's worked out. Like I just, I mean, I'm. It's it's kind of impressive that that he is as good as he is. He has been this year. Um, Carlisle does that to people. It turns out Carlisle's a good coach. Just, just also kind of a douche. Um, yeah, but so yeah, fact, like, yeah. I, it's just this is the evergreen story of are the Pacers going to dictate what the trade deadline is like <laughs> and they still could be like they could they could walk in in february and be like you know what we're done we're gonna trade hill turner we're gonna see if we can dump mcconnell and jalen smith and mm, reggie tice yeah. and just kind of they could they could you know change the landscape of the of the nba playoffs in a day if they wanted to um because i could totally see them going back to the lakers and saying hey you know what you know what? yeah we'll give you buddy Hield for westbrook and you know a couple other things that we wanted st- a couple of First round picks or something. I mean, I just I feel like they could do a lot, but you're right. I think they end up staying staying in pat because I mean, at this point, like the only thing they could do, like you said, would be would be to, to get rid of Turner so you don't lose him for nothing. But I, I have a feeling he will have an extension by the end of this month if I had to if I had to bet money on it. So yeah, at a certain point, it becomes we we gotta we either you have to sign this extension or we have to trade you, man. There's just there's no way that we can risk going into the summer and he has to be um, thinking you, you, t- you sign the money that's in front of you yeah and then yeah. and then if you want out later force you your way get, out later yeah. yeah yeah totally the one move that i could see i mean i think they're mostly stamp hat i think I, I think i'm with you i think they get the extension done and they just hold there's no way in my opinion that this is all found money i think at this point so like 
I don't think that they're going to be like, yeah, we're in a good spot, so we're just going to go buy things up and, and get in here. I think they just need these guys. They need to continue to just let these guys play. I could see them moving off of, like, Chris Duarte or whatever, who's completely... I mean, I know he's hurt, but he's also he was, he was falling out of the rotation before he got hurt. Um, and I do think... I think he's somebody that could bring back... He's certainly not going to bring you back a first, but maybe he can bring you back a pair of seconds or, like, another young player that you get a different position or mm-hmm. something like that. He's kind of blocked now because of how good Matherin is. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Matherin just came in and just took that crap from yeah. him. Yeah, so. and, I mean, they still have Buddy in that that spot, too. And then, you know, Neesmith's been great, and he's kind of playing power forward and more Nimhard than, than been anything. Great yeah, Nimhard's been great. There's no there's no room for Duarte, so maybe, maybe, you, maybe you can just swap him out for, like, a big that that is can get some minutes with with Turner do something a little bit different or just like hey not that his salary is bad but like he's gonna be paid four or five million dollars the next couple of years maybe mm-hmm. you're just like we don't really need to do that and we can get a couple of seconds and move him on somewhere else yeah. he's 37 years old you know mm-hmm. so uh, yeah something like that maybe. all right now we're getting into the thick of it where <laughs> these teams could theoretically go either way and it could legitimately damage or help them for the future too. Uh, the New York Knicks, they are 22 and 19. They are in the very weird spot of, they have Evan Fournier's deal, Derek Rose's deal, and probably even Julius Randle's deal that they wouldn't mind getting off of. They have a whole lot of first round picks this year. They have Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly, who some might consider assets for a trade. And their only expiring deal is Cam Reddish. They have probably the best trade package haul out there. But it's mm. built more for the off season. I'm talking mm-hmm. about picks, pick wise. Yeah. Um, what do you think they do? Are they buyers or sellers? What do you think? I think the smart thing to do is take whatever happens here. You've you've won already because Brunson's been great. He's made pro- probably going to be an all star. Uh, things have worked out really well. And and they're they're good, you know, or decent. They're decent. Then that's 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 enough. Um, handle this in the off season. Handle this trade. Obviously, trade Cam Reddish. Um, I don't know what you can get for Cam Reddish at this point. I think somebody will take a flyer. I'll give you a it. second for him at the very least. Somebody will give you a second, but I expect at this point, I kind of expect the return is more like a back half of the second return and not anything else, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe some team is is like, yeah, we'll take a shot and we'll give you a you know a good second round pick or a pair of seconds or something. He clearly is not part of this team moving forward. Go ahead and move off of that. But but and maybe I could say the same thing for quickly. They are. I don't believe they're going to get a first round pick for quickly. If you can get an asset or a player that you like, I don't really think that that quickly is necessarily part of the deal moving forward. So. Okay, like I can kind of see these little moves. I don't know that there's there's no one that's taking Fournier, and I don't think there's anyone that's taking Rose either. Just I would say just be patient, stand pat, take whatever happens this year, mm-hmm. and then next in the summer that's when it's time to make the big move and and actually pull the trigger on something this time instead of mm-hmm. you know him and Han like they did with Donovan. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense for them to be buyers in the middle of the season when everybody knows that they are set up for the trade demand in the off season. So make the small moves, see if you can jump into the top four of the playoffs, but I wouldn't do anything to jeopardize. Like it would be really stupid of them to go get someone who makes them slightly better and then 
take a first out of that package, you know, like if you trade one of the th- four firsts you have this year, it wouldn't mm-hmm. make any sense to do that. Like, so just stand pat. You're better than you than a lot of people thought you were going to be at this point of the season. So stand pat, see if you get better. And if you don't, you don't. And it's just, it is what it is. Um, so I'm with you. Miami Heat, they are 22 and 20. Um, they have a couple of deals that I'm sure they would want to get rid of. That would be probably Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. And, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Tyler Hero. Um, I don't know. Uh, they have no, no assets and they have no expiring deals other than their own first round picks. I, I don't have that in front of me right now. I think they have their own picks and they still. They can't trade all of them either. So. No, they, okay, so they have, they don't have their 25, so they can't trade. Okay. Um, they can trade this year's, but they can't trade 24, 26. And then everything after that is pretty much open, but um, they don't they don't have a lot of moves. But right before we came on the air, it's being reported that they are talking to our Mavericks about Tim Hardaway. So they clearly are trying to do something. I don't know if they're trying to salary dump or they're trying to uh, shuffle some cards and make it a little bit better. But this is an interesting one, Brian. Are they buyers or sellers, or do they stand Pat Pat Riley in their oh, trade deadline? Nice. Yahtzee. Um, can I, let me tell you something. This surprised me a little bit. I was looking at salaries today, player salaries and like team salaries. There are only seven teams in the league right now. As it stands right this second. And obviously some of this could change in the next three weeks. And then obviously, obviously it will all change in the summer. There are only seven teams right now that who have, um, Cap hits that are their cap number is rising next season. Okay, the Clippers their payroll next year is a million dollars higher than this year. Uh, Toronto's two million dollars higher. Philly's seven million dollars higher. Atlanta and Denver are ten million dollars higher. New Orleans is nine million dollars higher. Okay, Miami (laughs) is twenty three million dollars higher next year than this year, and they suck. That poison pill, sir. There's yeah. such a we we talked about maybe okay I've been waiting forever for for heat culture hashtag heat culture to take over and for them to go on a little winning streak and just kind of like all right they've reestablished themselves as as a good team they were the one seed last year with basically the same roster yeah. um it's not it's not working it is not working all of this is not working and it, it feels like they find like it, it's like all the 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 magic spells and the, the the like the bag of beans that Pat Riley has used over the years and the voodoo and the and the dark magic and the blood sacrifices and everything else that has happened over the years has finally like just like run out like they just they've got Jimmy Butler he's kind of annoying <laughs> it's. It's kind of an annoying thing. Bam is awesome, but he also isn't really progressing, I think. I think it's fair to say he's not really progressed past, really, for the last two seasons. Well, I, well, I, I, I could talk about I that. I mean, but. they've got Tyler Hero, who, you know, I mean, he's putting up good stats. I just... It's it's really going to always be hard for me to trust that that he is somebody that you can really count on let alone for you know what what they are what they are paying him and then it's just like i just i don't i look at the roster and i'm like i mean 
Oladipo could help a team. Oladipo is also not an easy person to work with. And I'm not sure how many teams are lining up to, to trade for him. Not, and, yeah, and not to give him, like, they're not going to give up an asset for him either. Like, right. And no one wants Duncan Robinson. That's one of the worst contracts in the NBA. I think that the NBA world thinks that that is a tradable contract, and I do not I do get too. it. And it makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah. He can't stay on, he, can't, he literally cannot get on the floor for a team that, that's floundering, that's basically 500. Like, what, what do you. <laughs> his name has come up a lot on pods that I listen to, and it, it, it drives me crazy because they'll. In one breath, they'll talk about, like, man, I keep bringing it back to the Mavs. I'm going full Simmons at this point. I'm sorry. They'll talk about, like, well, Shamar Jr., bad, bad, bad contract, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll talk about Duncan Robinson as if that he is an ass. I'm like, he literally cannot get on the floor. Yeah, that's Tim, an Tim awful Hardaway contract. is playing and, and playing decent, and his contract is, is a, like, team-friendly yeah, contract. Yeah, it goes down. Yeah, it's and team-friendly so it contract. The, the whole thing is, is that, the Heat have to have gained the respect that we have to trust that they mm-hmm. sure, that sure. they might figure that they they are going to do the right things. They have the they have a great coach in place. They have a great front office in place. So we have to trust that they probably have a decent plan. But it also would not surprise me at all, Brian, if mm-hmm. they went full sell and like traded Jimmy Butler for assets, traded maybe even traded Bam for assets, and just completely fire sale, sold their team to get like, I don't know, like all these picks or maybe they pick up someone like, gosh, this is, I don't, I don't like throwing out names with no, um, with no reporting on that. But like if they went and got someone like Bradley bill or something and just, and just leaned into a star that other, other teams trying to get rid of or like, I, I just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense for them to be in the trade market right now. Cause like, let, let's say like yes. right now, Tim Hardaway is the one that they're talking about in the rumors. What in the world is Tim Hardaway going to give you that's going to make y'all jump up even two playoff spots? And Mm. on top of that, God, please, Mavs for an office. Like, there's nothing nothing on that team that's going to make us better. So why would we do that? Unless we're going to fleece you, and then that zero makes makes zero sense for you, Miami, unless you really do just want a friendlier contract. But in order to yeah. do that, you're gonna have to give you're gonna have to give the Mavs pieces that you need to win. So yeah. I'm gonna say they're gonna be sellers, but not like full blown like stop the presses sellers. I think sure. that they're gonna get rid of some deals. I would not be surprised at all if Jovic is in a deal if they can convince somebody to take Duncan Robinson as part of it. Um, I don't I don't think they want to get rid of Jovic, but I think that they see the writing on the wall of when Tyler Hero's extension kicks in next year, they're going to have even less flexibility than they have yeah. now, and they have three players who are going to make, be making over twenty-seven million next year. And I would be calling the Lakers every single day. Well, sorry, Kyle hold Lowry. on, no, four. Yeah. They're going to have four players because Kyle Lowry is the fourth one. Like, Kyle Lowry is the one to me. Like they, I, I don't. There's zero world in which they're trading Bam. I think that there's. Basically, zero world in which they're trading Butler and then Hero. You know, it's it's, it's almost yeah. both sides of that. It's like if if I could get off Kyle Lowry, um, I would. I if I could get off Kyle Lowry for literally anything, I would do that. I would be calling the Lakers every single day. Yeah, give, and give us Russ for Kyle, yep. and we'd be done with it. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I would. I mean, I would. I would totally be like, hey, give us, uh, give us Russ and and twenty seven. You know, 
and uh, we'd love to. We'd, we'll we'll do and and just hope that that Polinka is an idiot. Yeah. Um, but I would do any. I would move heaven and earth to get off that number because you're right. If you could accumulate another asset or two, it really does put you in a position to make a trade for for Beal. And that's where you know. I mean, that's what Power Riley does. He's a mm-hmm. he's a genius on this kind of stuff. But like, it's not happening this year. And so if you can, whatever you can do to to get off those those numbers and put yourself in a better position to be a Bradley Beal player or or you know whoever else. Then you should absolutely be doing it, but Kyle, that that Kyle Lowry contract's yeah. got to go. Yeah, for sure, got to go. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on. Um, we're getting stuck in the weeds a little bit. The Hawks, they are nineteen and twenty one. <laughs> uh, they have already basically said for like the fourth season in a row that they want to get off the John Collins deal, and this yeah. is now the second deal that they've now said they want to get off. Um, I would think Capella, obviously Bogdan, and maybe even DeAndre Hunter would be contracts they wouldn't be they might listen about they have a lot of extra seconds they do have sacramento's first round pick in 2024 uh both the holiday brothers are expiring and frank kaminsky is expiring which doesn't move any needles but (laughs) hawks buyers or sellers i think it's pretty obvious at least somewhat that they're going to be one way or the other what do you think i think this is finally the year that either collins or bogdanovich gets moves he's got a player option next year and i'm not totally sure he picks that up like 18 mil, but he might. I don't know that he's getting 18 million on the opening open market, but, but he'll he get a better might fit. be able. Yeah, he might be able to get f- four for 60 or, or whatever, something like that. Four for 60, um, and you don't have to deal with the crap he's dealing with yes, there. Yeah, yes. So I, I think one of those guys, if not both, I think finally gets moved. But to yeah. me, to me, this is the prime team for for the summer. It's it's. Yeah. There are big things that are that are coming. I think, yeah, agreed. Um, uh, from their on their their. And you're by the way, you mentioned DeAndre Hunter, and and I don't remember who somebody threw his name out on a pod I was listening to recently. At same same situation, like as a trade, and I was like, no, they're not trading DeAndre Hunter. And then I'm like, look, I remember, like, yeah, but his cap number next year, he's he's going into a four year eighty million mm-hmm. eighty five million dollar deal, and I'm not. Sh- I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, that may be a tough pill to. He swallow. had that so great stretch. Interesting team. He had that great stretch whenever they went to the, they were on that run, and he looked like he was going to be that player, and then he got hurt. So it's not complete fault, but he has not come back to form since then. And so, yeah. Yeah. I do think there is a chance that this this is the the end of of what mm-hmm. of his time in, I don't know in in Atlanta, but who knows? Uh, all right, Bulls, man, they are nineteen and twenty two. They are. Fading fast. They obviously. I think that at this point they would love to get off Lonzo's contract and definitely Vucevic. Uh, Vucevic is, is expiring as, lo- as well as Kobe White's is. I, they have zero assets unless you consider Caruso or Ao assets, and I don't yeah. think they're willing to get rid of Ao. So uh, buyer sellers stay pat. What do you think about the Bulls? I mean, they've kind of course corrected. Uh, Levine's been been really good over the last few games. Um, and so now they're in a position where they're, I mean, they're in the plan, right? Or right at it. Um, yeah. They're at this point. Let's see. Yeah. They are 10. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, look, I don't, <laughs> we, we talked about the bulls at length uh, a few weeks ago, so I won't go into it too far, but like I would still be a seller, but I, I think they've at least made themselves respectable enough yeah. to where they're definitely not a buyer. Cause they just don't really have anything to buy with. I don't, I don't think, but um, but I think that they are now like a respectable, reasonable spot where they could say, 
we're three games back of Miami for the eight seed. We're kind of pot committed to this thing. So let's just roll with it and see where we end up in the summer. Yeah. Agreed. I say sell Vucevic, Stan Pat, everything else. I don't know what you can get for Vucevic short of maybe a second round pick or something, but um, yeah, because you're not going to win this year with or without him. So Um, Raptors. They are 18 and 23. They are fading fast. Although they have one, two in a row. So, um, I bad vibes, man, bad vibes. It's, whenever it's not I good, on man. our, on the part that says, you know, deals they might want to dump. I wrote who the heck knows in assets, <laughs> kind of all the players. Yeah. The one thing is they have no expiring deals. So Raptors buyer sellers, I think it's pretty more clear it's pretty much more clear this week than it was a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. But what do you think about the Raptors? Sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Um, get, get rid of again, it. Again, they're, they're in the, they're in an envious position. Number one, they hold, they're like the team that's holding up all the dominoes of, of the trade deadline, I think. Yeah. Um, and they have, they have like five or six guys who fit on every single team mm-hmm. in the league. And they're all like with, I mean, I think they're all, they all have pretty reasonable contracts, if not just full on good contracts. And, and they, they could, they could move one or two of them and not have to like totally reset and rebuild. They could just do like a soft rebuild, which normally I think is a stupid thing to do. But I think this is one of the few cases where the roster and the coaching and the front office, like everything is Good enough to where you probably could do the rebuild on the fly kind of thing. You just need to fix the vibes, and I don't think you can fix the vibes with the guys that are there. I think there's something wrong in the interact. I mean, Thad Young yelling at getting into it with Scotty Barnes in the shoot around, like mm-hmm. on the floor in front of everybody the other day. And I don't know if you saw the video of uh, Gary Trent. Oh yeah, I did. just full on, just like. He gets to half court. Fred's got the ball. He's clearly going to do a pull up three when he's like three for 13 from three. And Gary Trent just turns around and starts walking the other way, which is a big Brian Gill move in a pickup game when he's frustrated. (laughs) Um, The I mean, there's there's stuff. There's something wrong. There's something wrong there. And I don't know if it's if it's Scotty Barnes. I don't know if it's Fred Van Vliet's contract. I don't know if I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a combination of a lot of small things, but something's wrong there. They need to make a move or two. And also, they're in such a great position to sell. Again, yeah. it's like 29 teams are going to stick their hands up for yes. all of these guys. Yes. Like you, yes. you are the only beverage seller on a hot summer day. <laughs> Raise your prices and yeah. sell your inventory yeah. and get the heck yeah. out of there. Yeah, like you don't have to get rid of all of them. Just like pick see, two I, and just I mean, like, all right, cool, just, we're good. I, you're right. I, I agree with you. Soft rebuilds don't work, and you're right. In this case, it probably could. I'm not. I don't. I don't agree with you there, though. Do it. Like this is probably the one time. Like you have the the one team that everybody's willing to throw everything at. Raise the price. Get it done. I think everybody will. Like I think everybody will be okay with that. Get get your assets. Get your first round picks. And use the front office team and the, and the Nick Nurse coaching that you know works well, and build that team because I think it'll be faster with that kind of front office than it would be if it was like say the I don't know the the Lakers or Clippers or something. So I, I'm with you. I think they this is the one thing that could do a soft rebuild. But again, like I, I think you go in there and you say everybody's on the table. Here's our demands. Who's going to be there first? And you just and you just watch chaos happen and you take the best deal out there. And I just that's that's what I think at least. 
Yeah, I just I just don't think that you have I don't think you have time constraints with half of these guys. Like Gary Trent and and Fred Van Vliet, they they both have player options. Feel very confident that both of them are going to opt out. So like, yeah, okay, there's some there's some time there's some time constraints on those two. Siakam, there's no time constraints. Hey, OG, you already got the contract done. Chris Boucher, you already got the contract done. Like it you could so easily trade one of Gary Trent or Fred Van Vliet. Really, let's just be honest. You could trade for Fred Van Vliet, get a get a, a decent package for him, and then say, "Hey, Gary, we're going to do the extension. We're going to keep you here. We we move we move Fred. Come back next year. And if it hasn't been a wake up call for Scotty Barnes, and Scotty Barnes turns into the guy that they think that he could be, then you can trade OG and Pascal and all those guys. You can do that next year and. I don't know. I wouldn't even say you've wasted a year because you have a title three years ago. Like I, I just, I don't think that there's any pressing need to move everybody unless you're just getting just blown away by the deals that are being offered. But yeah, just the way the trade market works, I, I don't know how you can move all of these guys and get the return that you, that you should get on all of them yeah. this year. You know, the two KGM in me is super excited <laughs> for it. So yeah, Donnie, Don Nelson loves your, yeah. your thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like, yeah, let's trade all of them. <laughs> let's trade all of them. man. All right. Washington wizards, uh, Morris, Wright, Kuzma, probably deals. They wouldn't mind getting off of. They have zero assets. Their expirings are Will Barton and Rui Hashimura, uh, buyer, seller, stay put. Sell, sell everything, yeah. man. Like that team's not good. Like it's, it's, it, <laughs> I'm happy for KP. Um, I'm really not petty about KP. Like I just didn't enjoy every single day, not knowing whether second best player was going to play. Um, but I'm happy with him. He's like kind of found something. He's been really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, Beal has barely played weird. Just got this huge contract. That's strange. Um, Kuzma for sure has to go because he 100% is not signing there this summer. So you got to move him for whatever you can get for him. And I think there's a, a pretty healthy, robust market for him. Um, I don't know what you can trade for Porzingis or what you can get for, for KP. I think you probably just should pick one or the two. Let me be honest. They're, they're not going to trade Beal or KP at the deadline. That's an offseason at best yeah, kind of move, I think, for both of them. But trade Kuzma. If anyone calls you and is like, hey, we want Denny Avia, cool. What what are you going to give us for Denny Avia? All right, let's talk about that. If anyone calls you for Daniel Gafford or any of these other guys, there's not a single player on this team that is untouchable. And the only reason that you're not going to trade KP and or Beal is because it's the it's the wrong time to to, to make that that move. It's but do not be a seller. Like the rumor of, of like Rui for for Jay Crowder, which they've kind of refuted. Stupid. That's not who. Why in the world would you make a trade that's going to like boost you quote unquote to get to the 10 seed that doesn't matter yeah like and just, they're both expiring deals and literally does do nothing unless you think yeah. you can sign jay crowder to an extension even yeah. then does that doesn't make much sense so sell any of those yeah. parts that you can yep i think magic are 16 <laughs> and 26 i mean they have a lot of deals i think they want to get rid of they do have a couple of extra first round picks i think you could probably consider i don't know the nba might consider cole anthony somewhat of an asset because they they might be able to be used somewhere they're only expiring is Terrence Ross, who seems like he's the forever magic at this point. Um, <laughs> buyer, seller, stay put. Does it even matter? What do you think? Their state. Look, this has been a topic of discussion in the Discord, and they dead gum almost 
swayed me, man. Like, I kind of think they're not bad. Like, they... <laughs> They should shut down everybody right now. Like they should, they should, they should be trying. I think that it would be a mistake to not do what you can to get another high lottery pick. But they're they're good, dude. Yeah. Like Paolo's awesome, and Franz Wagner is awesome, and um, like all these little parts that they have are. A really good, like I I really like this I really like this team Jamal Mosley's doing a great job with them as well um, they they need to get worse I think to be able mm-hmm. to they're definitely out of the Wimby sweepstakes unless they just get yeah. lucky obviously but um, they, I I would be I would be trying to figure out a way to get another another high lottery pick as best I could because yeah. I I think that this team is going to be really really good moving forward. So they should not be a buyer. <laughs> but if they win, like if they go, if they get another little boost where they beat the, I mean, they beat the warriors in golden state the other in, in, yeah. in, in uh, San Francisco. Like <laughs> it's, it's not totally out of the realm for me to, for them to be like, ah, screw it. We're going to trade for Jay Crowder and Corey Joseph and who we're just going to go for it. We're going to try to be the 10 seed. Um, I, I would hope that they're that they're smart enough to hold off for one more year to just have like a little bit more patience. But I totally also would kind of understand if they if they decided, no, we think we're kind of ready to be pretty good right now. Let's 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 make something happen. Yeah, so. they're kind of in a no man's land right now of they're not bad enough for Wimby, but they're not good enough to really make the playoffs. If it were me, I might try to see if you can if you can get some sort of return on Jonathan Isaac. Maybe Gary Harris, uh, I I mean, but I'm with you. Like, why would you, like, you don't want to trade those number ones to get somebody to come in here to for, for this year. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and yeah, like, like, like position yourself for the future. Like you're not going to get Wimby or Scoot in this, unless you get lucky. So try to get off some deals that you, that'll give you some flexibility in the next couple of years, like Isaac, you know, or maybe even Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can still second round, high second round pick for one of those guys, or maybe even a first. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, Isaac, I, I know, I understand that they, they ride or die with Isaac and he hasn't, he's not healthy right now. So it doesn't mean really even matter. But if someone comes to you and says, Hey, you know what? We might need him for our championship push. We'll give you, you know, this younger, cheaper player in, an expiring deal and maybe a second round pick for Jonathan Isaac. I think you have to kind of look at that and just see like, okay, if he's not part of the future, like maybe we can mm-hmm. get off of the ca- off of that cap hit. And then next yeah. off season when we're in the draft there, we have more flexibility to be good next year. And so I think, yeah, I think there's a yeah. chance they could do that, but it doesn't, they're in a, like, they're really in a no man's land. So I would say, well, I would say tentative, I would say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like smart sellers, like don't sell the farm, but don't, you know, don't be stupid and keep everything. I think that, I mean, if you could get, if I could get, um, like a nice set of pickleball paddles for Jonathan Isaac, I would, I would take that as the biggest win of all time. Yeah. Agreed. Just because to be honest with you, I don't want him around Paolo. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want him yeah. in I don't want him around around Wendell Carter. I don't want him around Jalen Suggs or Franz Wagner or any of these guys. I want that guy out of my locker room. Um 
when he was a contributing player, then it's, you know, it's worth the potential locker room issues. It's not worth it anymore. He's going to play this week, by the way. Yeah, he's going to. For gonna, the first time since. And, and I, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that they know yes, if they get him back I on the court this month yeah. that they might be able to showcase him for somebody. Yes. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what you can get for Terrence okay, Ross. You know what? I think hey, this his, is... his values come down too much, but if you can get a couple seconds, yeah, this is probably the time. Totally off the top of my head, some, but some go to the, for Gary Harris. I think this is the time. Go to yeah. the Cavs and be like, hey, give us Kevin Love. We'll give you Jonathan Isaac. He can get, be a wing guy for y'all's playoff push. And then we, like, we got a $30 million expiring deal. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's Something. things out there you could do, but yeah, but you're right. Like, they, they are sneakily in a position to maybe make maybe be the Grizzlies of next year, like the 2022 mm-hmm. Grizzlies mm-hmm. of next year. So, yeah. and also too, I, I think, cause like when we talk about the West next week, I'm going to go hard at the Rockets. I think um, <laughs> in large part because of the way they've, they've constructed that roster. You've gone deep. You've gone far enough into the season at this point with veterans and pros on your team with, with Terrence Ross and, uh, and uh, Gary Harris and and I think now at this point now you're it's okay at this point to to say all right we're gonna trade the vets because they can get us a few picks for later we haven't just left these kids just hanging you know for the whole year and they've learned a little hopefully they've learned a little bit from these guys and uh, you're gonna be in a better position I think now it's it's uh, it's a reasonable thing to 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 move off of them if you can get anything in return, but I really, I like this team a whole lot. RJ Hampton's the other one too. Cause I don't think they picked up his, yeah, his, he's uh, an expiring deal. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would try and see if I could, I don't know what you can get for him at this point, but there might be some team that's, that will take a flyer. Um, yeah, I, I would be, I would be sellers, but I totally understand if they, if, if they're having a hard time deciding to, to do that. Yeah. Cause I, I get it. I, I like what I see with this team. I would just encourage them to be patient for one more season. All right. Two more. These are pretty obvious, but they're in but they're obvious for different reasons. Uh the Charlotte Hornets are eleven and thirty-one. I think they would love to get off Scary Terry and Gordon Hayward's deals. They have a lot of extra twos. They probably you probably could consider McDaniels and gosh, maybe even Dennis Smith Jr. assets at this point. Um mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. might swing some uh I don't know. He might swing some stuff in the trade deadline. Uh, they have. They also have pretty good expiring deals. They have Ubre, who is now hurt, but he should be back by trade deadline. I think. Um, no, he's out past the deadline. Oh, is but he maybe really? they can trade him without oh, it. Dang. Yeah, it's like six week injury. Jeez. I think. Um. So you have Ubre and one of the Plumleys. I never know which one's which. And uh, neither do they. P- yeah, PJ Washington are your expiring deals. So Charlotte Hornets. They probably weren't expecting to be in this position before the offseason last year started. But buyers, sellers, do they stay put? What do you how much are they gonna sell? What do you think is gonna happen? Listen, listen to me, Mitch Kupchak. Look at me and listen. Look look directly into my eyes. Open your ears. Listen really hard. Sell literally everything. <laughs> like literally anything that you can get for any player on your roster, including <laughs> um, you should do that. Wow. You should do that. This team is an abomination. They're bad. They're really bad. And I, you're right. 
they weren't expecting the 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 Miles Bridges thing that put them in a worse position. Then Lamelo has been injured all season. He's played eighteen games now. Um, I I understand. I understand. Uh, your coaches, your coaching thing is a disaster. Your drafting has been a disaster. Most of the roster building has been a disaster. Sell every single thing that you can that you can sell at this point. Every single thing. Yeah. I'm, There's not one player. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm sort of joking about Lamelo. You can't. If I got can't a good offer it. for Lamelo. I would absolutely make that trade. But you can't do it, it. But you're right. Like if if someone came to you and said, "Here's four number ones for Lamelo," then then you'd be stupid to say no. Right. But but that's right. they're not going to do that. But yeah, yeah. McDaniel's name's been out there a lot. Um, I think he gets traded. I think that he is a. I don't think they want to pay him. I don't think. They yeah, want to pay and him. I think he's and, sneaky, and, yeah. a good candidate to be a help, a helping wing defender yeah, for um, a, a contender. So I totally agree. Same totally thing agree. with PJ Washington. The problem with Dennis Smith Jr. is he only makes two million dollars. You can't, you can't trade that. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to yeah. make a trade yeah. out of a minimal yeah. contract guy. But he could help some teams, including our own. Yeah. Um, Cody Martin. Do I mean like? Clearly, they don't want PJ Washington. They didn't offer him enough mm-hmm. in the in the, the summer, and I get it because like Washington is a tough one for me because it's it's like what position does he play mm-hmm. even in a positionless league? And I mean, he's he's sort of nominally the center there when Plumlee's not, and that's cool. But like he averages four rebounds a game. You know, it's it's he is he's sort of just like a. I mean, would you call him? Yeah, okay. Look, he's a stretch big. But that's not really a thing mm-hmm. anymore. Like you have to be able to contribute a, at something else too. And he doesn't really move the ball. He doesn't really rebound. I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. So like, but he's he's got value, and I think you could probably get something for him. Scary Terry. I mean, like, I'm not kidding, dude. I would trade anything and everything on this on this team. I would I would just say we have never stopped rebuilding. We just pretended that we had stopped rebuilding for for a year or two. This is a three-year process from this point forward. You are yeah. not even close at this point. Yeah, if you if you only had Lamelo and Mark Williams on your team next year, that that would be a good start. And even and, you know, because yeah. like Mark Williams yeah. has shown some great signs these last few weeks. So like, yeah, I mean, like he's not he should be. I don't want to say untouchable, but like, yeah, he's probably the one person that I'm like, no, we're gonna keep Mark Williams. But, every, but you're right, everything else needs to be on the table. And obviously, every single thing. Yeah. I I'm not with you with Lamelo. I, I I understand the sentiment, and I I think you're right that they might be should be considering that sooner rather than later. But everything else should be on the table, and you should take all the calls you possibly can. All right. Yeah. If I my, my one one real quick. Yeah. My my again like I'm I'm sort of joking around about Lamelo, but like if I am team hold on to LaMelo like at all costs, then I would look at De'Aaron Fox and say, look, cause, cause here's my thing with LaMelo. I worry that they've already killed, they've already destroyed him. Um, with, with the two and a half years that, that he's been there. But I felt the same thing with Sacramento yeah. and, and De'Aaron Fox. Cause I, I mean, I said last year, I was a huge Fox guy coming into the draft. I held on to all this stock with him. I watched him play last year and I was like, I think Sacramento has broken him. I would not touch him. I think that this mm-hmm. is that it's he's going to be a guy who puts up good stats and loses and just it plays losing basketball for the yeah. rest of his career because they've broken him. And and he clearly I was clearly wrong. He needed a coach that is going to all of the things that are happening right in Sacramento. Um, they have they have revived him. So 
if you're if you're trying to hold on to Lamelo and like every okay cool and it's not like he's been terrible I just don't think he plays winning basketball and I really worry about guys who come into the situation that he has been in in Charlotte if they're not going to be winning in in, in they're they're not going to be winning next year they're going to suck next year too if if we're going to be four years into the career and he's not playing any kind of basketball that matters then. I get nervous about that and I start to feel like, okay, we've, we've missed a window to do something with this guy. And if, if he's learning just to be kind of a losing basketball player who gets cool numbers, then what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, well, maybe the third stint of Steve Clifford will help him. Who knows? But, um, all right. The last team who is in the bottom for different reasons is the Detroit Pistons. They are 11 and 33. They they have a lot of great deals that I don't know if they would actually want to get off of them, but I think that they can. Alec Burks and New Orleans Noel were the only ones that I was like, man, they they probably would enjoy getting off those this year, and they and they very easily could. Um, I think their only asset that they have right now is Sadiq Bay. Their expiring deals are Diallo and Corey Joseph. They have a great. They're they're they, if you if you put the Raptors as a team that can shake up the deadline the most i i I might put the pistons second i think the pistons can do some damage in the trade deadline that will not only help them in the future but that will shape that could shape the nba playoffs too so um pistons are going to be they probably should be sailors but why why do you think that brian i love i love this team um from a seller standpoint like i think that outside of toronto i think that that detroit has the most cards to play and they're not nearly as like as like flashy and and um, you know potentially high value, but like I look at this roster and um they're going nowhere. Cade's out, all this stuff. Like they should absolutely be trying to get, if not Wimby, then just get into that top four and get another lottery pick. I love Cade. I don't. I mean, I assume that he. I, I just have to assume he's going to be healthy next year and he's going to be fine. Um, love Cade, love Jalen Duran, love love Jaden Ivey, um, and Killian Hayes has been really really good, really good this year for the most part. They don't seem like they're that interested in Sadiq Bay, so I would definitely move him. If if you don't, if you're not into it, then let's you know let's move on from him. Um, I, I imagine that Killian is going to be a we'll keep him for another year and we'll do the qualifying offer next year kind of thing. I don't know that there's going to be a happy agreement on extension there. And I, I think maybe it's it's kind of the same with Sadiq, but I think you could probably move on from Sadiq and be be okay on that front. But you mentioned him. I think Alec Burks can help a team. Alec Burks can help a good team. And and a lot of teams could use a guy like Alec Burks. Nerlens Noel basically hasn't played this year, not really. Like, but I think he could probably serve as a decent backup to to a lot of teams and has the kind of mobility that you're looking for from your big in the playoffs. And I think that that can be of value. I think Diallo could help a little bit. I think there's probably several teams that are not going to give up much, but would be okay giving up a second round pick for Corey Joseph, maybe to to help out mm-hmm. a little bit. I I just I think they actually have like a lot that they could that they can move. I would like to see them make five deals, you know, like and and I think we didn't even get it to Bogdanovich, who they are absolutely going to get a first round pick and for uh, for Bogdanovich and. They're making Troy Weaver kind of made the rest of the NBA look stupid on that one. Um, to be able to trade basically Kelly Olynyk to get him and then move him and then have him be awesome and then move him for a first round pick 
and or assets or stuff like you're going to that's that's such a smart move that that works really really well in worst case scenario they keep him and he's even more tradable next year like (laughs) yeah yeah that's a huge win for for them um really smart really smart move on on their part but yes like there's he he is abs he's what 10 10 plus teams in the league need and he's just i mean he's been awesome this year so um i i think they have so many cards that they can play here and i hope they do i hope they i hope they use all of them and just kind of spread these guys around the league get the assets that you can for them and get a top five pick and just be ready to roll next year man like i I do i i think i think they're in a great position yeah i i agree like take advantage of it while you can so yeah all right that's that's all we have that's that's a long western conference tour but I think, we, I think we did. Yeah. All right. That's a long Eastern Conference tour. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job of getting through those quickly. But yeah, I think it's some of them are obvious, but this this has the potential to be a pretty wild trade deadline, which is that's always true with the NBA. But there's a lot of unknown this year, and the teams mm-hmm. are not. Yeah. There's no team separating themselves, which which is good, which is yes. the disaster recipe for everybody. So <laughs> it's going to be a very 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 intriguing, and and we'll hit the Western Conference next week to see what what we have in the Western conference. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, you never know, like this trade in like stuff. We can talk about all these things and then nothing happens. I think that this is a year where there's, there's some, there's some, some solid movement that, that happens even with the Rudy Gobert trade kind of messing up trade values and stuff. I think when it gets to those last couple of days, I, I just, I think there's enough, there's several teams that are going to be like, no, nah, we want to be, we want to be in the Wimby thing as as much as we can, um, and several teams who look up and say we're two games out of the, the two seed. Like, let's go for it. Let's make something happen here. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll talk about the West next week, um, and then ho- hopefully the NBA can hold off for one more week before things get crazy, so that we can actually do that next week, and none of the, none of it and none of this will will be immediately stupid. Give us one week, NBA, please. Um, all right. Next week, like I said, we'll be talking about that Western Conference, buyers and sellers. We'll get into that, all that stuff. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being here. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. Helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very grand podcast market. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we'd like to read those out at the end of the show. Again, back next week, talking Western Conference buyers and sellers. Until then, stay hard, Rodney Rogers. <laughs>